Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Chelsea Michelle Cobo was a friendly girl growing up in the New York City borough of Brooklyn. She lived with her Aunt Rose, who also adopted her as a young child when her own biological mother could not care for her. Chelsea was very close to her aunt, who now became her mother. But Chelsea was also very close to her biological mother, even though they didn't live together. When Chelsea was 21 years old, she gave birth to a baby boy, and this baby meant everything to her. She was constantly taking photographs and videos with her baby and of her baby. But in March of 2016, tragedy struck Chelsea's life. Her biological mother passed away. Chelsea was more than heartbroken. She was devastated and really started to spiral downward mentally. She fell into a deep depression, and in April, just one month later, Chelsea was checked into the Coney Island Psychiatric Hospital for severe depression. When Chelsea got out of the hospital, however, she was a different person, and not necessarily in a good way. She started going out all the time and partying, and became involved with some people who were very heavy into the New York City drug scene. On April 26, 2016, Chelsea was attacked and ended up at the hospital. On May 6, 2016, Chelsea had had enough and she decided that she wanted to go to a rehab facility. But once she got there, she checked herself right out and got a ride back to New York City from one of her new friends. She was spotted at a club in the city later that evening. But then Chelsea was never seen again. Where is Chelsea Michelle Cobo? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another unsolved missing person case. The story of a young woman who was doing great until tragedy struck her life in March of 2016. Chelsea would vanish just two months later in May of 2016. Of course, a big thank you to everyone who is listening and helping us raise awareness about these missing persons and these cases. It's so important that we all continue to share their names and their stories in the hopes that someone, somewhere, might just know something. Let's just jump right into the story of Chelsea Michelle Cobo. Chelsea Michelle Cobo was born November 8th, 1993, in New York City. Like most of the cases we cover, we don't know a whole lot about Chelsea's life growing up. But we do know that by the age of 13 months, Chelsea would be adopted by her biological aunt. Her aunt, now her mother, 
and Chelsea were very close. But Chelsea also maintained a very close and good relationship with her biological mother. It's unclear why her mother couldn't care for her, but it does seem that despite the struggles they may have had, they all seem to have a pretty good relationship. Chelsea was a friendly girl to everyone while growing up. She could be on the quiet side, and she was usually a homebody, according to her mother. And for clarity, when I say mom from here on out, I am referring to Chelsea's adoptive mother, her biological aunt, Rose. In 2015, Chelsea would give birth to a baby boy. She continued to live with her mom in the New York borough of Brooklyn and raise her son as a single mother, with the help of her mom, of course. And she was said to be a doting and very loving mother. She was constantly taking photographs and videos with her son and posting them online. She absolutely loved her little boy. In 2016, however, at age 22, Chelsea's life took a harsh turn when her biological mom passed away in March. Chelsea took this very, very hard and was beyond devastated. She also began to spiral into a deep depression, which would lead her to being checked into a psychiatric hospital, the Coney Island Psychiatric Hospital specifically. While she was there, Chelsea became good friends with her roommate, Sabrina. And Sabrina often had a male visitor, a young man by the name of Justice. And Chelsea became quite friendly with him also. All in all, Chelsea spent two weeks in the hospital before being released. She had been diagnosed with bipolar depression, and she would continue to receive outpatient treatment. At least, that was the plan. When Chelsea got home from the hospital, she was, of course, overjoyed to see her son, but her mom noticed an immediate change in Chelsea's behavior. She wanted to constantly be going out and was always on her phone texting or calling people. This was different from the homebody Chelsea that her mom was used to. Her mom just didn't know what to think. Chelsea admitted to dabbling into some drugs, and at this point, her mom was shocked. But Chelsea was a good girl, a strong girl, and she hoped that they could get through this. The loss of her biological mother had really turned her world upside down, but they were taking steps to get her through it. On April 26th, her mom was stunned to find Chelsea coming home in the early morning hours, stumbling into the house, battered and bruised up with absolutely no memory of what had happened. Her mom rushed her to the hospital to be checked out. While she was there, she was tested for drugs. A rape kit was done. And it was ultimately determined that Chelsea had been drugged, robbed, and sexually assaulted. But Chelsea had no memory of who or even where. So no charges were ever pursued. Shortly after this, understandably so, Chelsea decided enough was enough and wanted to go to rehab. Now this part is a little bit confusing to me. Everyone states that Chelsea wasn't involved in the drug scene until her mother passed away. But her problem one month later was significant enough to go to a hospital a few times. And maybe she's just being proactive about her health and being able to take care of her son herself. Or maybe Chelsea has a longer history with drug activity than some people knew.
The Disappearance. On May 6, 2016, Chelsea's mom drops her off at the local hospital and a van comes down to pick her up to take her to a rehab in Yonkers, New York, which is about an hour away. However, during this van ride, Chelsea is frantically texting other friends and asking them to come get her and help get her some drugs. Just that quickly, she went from wanting to get help to wanting to get drugs, the perfect example of the ups and downs of an addict and the struggle to get clean and stay clean. One of those friends she was texting was Sabrina, her former roommate at the psych hospital. And she said that she would come down with her boyfriend and get her and that her boyfriend had dope. The evening of May 6, 2016, just after arriving at the rehab facility, Chelsea checks herself out. It was allegedly picked up by Sabrina and her friend Justice. Justice took her back to the city where he says he dropped her off at East 68th Street and Sunset Park area around 11.30 p.m. When she didn't return home and her mom learned that she had left the rehab facility, she was extremely worried. And when efforts to track down Chelsea were fruitless, she turned to law enforcement and reported her daughter missing. The Search We see this a lot in these missing person cases, but because of Chelsea's history with mental health and possibly drugs, her case wasn't taken too seriously at first. When in reality, it should have been taken extremely seriously because of those circumstances. Chelsea's mother, Rose, worked nonstop looking for her daughter, posting flyers and doing whatever she could to get attention and get help finding Chelsea. In fact, she was brave enough to risk her life to go into places and talk to people that most people warned her not to do as it was dangerous, but she did not care. Finding Chelsea was her one and only priority. That, and of course, taking care of Chelsea's 10-month-old son. Authorities were able to trace Chelsea's last movements, and they learned of her conversations with friends on the way to rehab in Yonkers. They spoke with those friends that said that they dropped her off at 68th Street and Sunset Park. They couldn't find any CCTV footage anywhere to verify, but they did find some witnesses that saw Chelsea later on in the early morning hours. Investigators would learn that she had spent some time at the La Florita Club that evening. Chelsea was apparently a regular there, and all of the employees were familiar with her, as were many of the guests. They said she would frequent the club often, she would sit at a corner table, and she was very friendly with the DJ, she would just kind of hang out. Several of these witnesses claim they saw her at the club that night, and that she left around 1.45 a.m. with someone by the name of Antonio. No one is quite sure who Antonio was, or is, and this would be the last known whereabouts of Chelsea, according to her missing person file. Rose continued to fight for Chelsea and tried to get some media coverage for her daughter, but it would take a while. 
Her fight would pay off as eventually her story was featured on a couple of TV shows and a couple of news stations would pick up the story. Over the next several months and eventually years, sightings would come in of Chelsea in different areas of New York City, and the word on the street was that Chelsea was being sex trafficked. And that's still what many people believe. All of the sightings were checked out, but none were confirmed. And also, none were discredited either. Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York is known as one of the five boroughs of New York City. It's located just across the bay from the island of Manhattan. And Chelsea lived there in Brooklyn and grew up there as well. It was her home and she knew it well. When she decided to go to rehab, the facility she was going to was in Yonkers, New York. Yonkers is about an hour drive to the north of Brooklyn, just about 24, 25 miles. But yes, it does take over an hour to drive 25 miles in New York City. It does seem that we can believe she returned to the city that same night, the night of May 6th. Her friends say they dropped her off at 11.30 p.m. Sunset Park is located right in Brooklyn and would be an area well known to Chelsea. We also know that the restaurant she was at was familiar to her, enough that most of the employees knew her and recognized her. This is a very busy and populated area. She was allegedly seen leaving with this Antonio, but we don't have any sightings of her after that. Certainly, if she left the area, she could have went anywhere, but there are zero clues that could point to another area of the city, of the state, of the country where she possibly could have went to. Sometimes we know that a person has family in another state or connections to another location somewhere, but we just don't have that here in the case of Chelsea. And searching for her has been a challenge. Brooklyn is the largest of the five boroughs in New York City, with almost 3 million residents. And New York City all combined has over 18 million residents. This is like looking for a needle in a haystack. Brooklyn sits on the banks of the East Bay and the East River, both large bodies of water that flow into the Atlantic Ocean. And if you travel east of Brooklyn, you'll be traveling through Long Island, which ends on the shores of the Atlantic Ocean. And if you cross over the East River, the East Bay, you will be on the island of Manhattan. Now, all of these areas around Brooklyn, these are all the areas that the sightings of Chelsea came in from in the following months and years. Theories and Possibilities In unsolved missing person cases, there is usually either one obvious answer that just hasn't been proven yet, or it's the case where anything is possible. And this really is one of those cases. Anything is possible. But there are some main thoughts and theories in Chelsea's case. Number one, trafficking. 
This is what her family believes might have happened. Trafficking victims are often very vulnerable, and we know that Chelsea was in a delicate way when she vanished. She had just lost her mother, which prompted a downward spiral mentally, and she had recently turned to using drugs. Whether drugs were new to her or she had used them in the past, her drug usage was likely increasing with time after her mother's death, which had led to her recent traumas and hospital visits. And the state of New York is the fourth leading state in the United States for trafficking, behind California, Florida, and Texas. Number two, Chelsea left on her own. Authorities have pointed out in her case that she fits a lot of the parameters for someone who might want to go get a fresh start somewhere. She was struggling. She had mental health issues. But there are also factors of her life that make this theory less likely. Chelsea had a 10-month-old son at the time, a son that she adored. Chelsea also had a good relationship with her mom, Rose. Number three, accident or overdose. Chelsea could have also had an accident or had an accidental overdose, and maybe those around her could have hidden her for fear of getting in trouble themselves. While it's possible she had an accident on her own, it's much more difficult to hide your own body. And with her looking for drugs that very night, it is certainly possible that she could have overdosed as well. Theory number four, foul play. Could Chelsea have run into foul play in those early morning hours after she was seen? She was mingling with a very troubled crowd. There isn't any evidence, however, pointing to such, but people in big cities don't usually just vanish into thin air without someone knowing. This still leaves me with questions. What were the stories of those friends she was allegedly with that night? Have they had any more to add to their stories or have they just said they just dropped her off? What do they think happened? When people saw her leaving with Antonio at 1.45 a.m., what else did they notice? For instance, were they alone? What direction did they go in? Did they get into a car or did they leave on foot? The sightings of Chelsea in and around New York, how believable are they? Were these people that knew Chelsea or were these people that had just heard of her case or maybe seen her flyers? And do we have any additional cell phone activity that might help? What happened to her cell phone after she left the club and restaurant that night? We know they traced her activity to some extent with those text messages earlier that night, the ones to her friends asking them to come get her. What happened with her phone after then? Was there any other communication that might provide any insight? Chelsea's mother, Rose, has continued to fight for media and even today, seven years later, still maintains a Facebook page dedicated to finding Chelsea. You can find that on Facebook at Help Find Chelsea Cobo. Please go like and follow the page to show your support to her family and friends. Rose herself has also done a lot of work in missing person cases, continually sharing other missing person stories now working with the organization 911 Missing, and I have heard that she is working to create an app 
that will help in finding missing persons or help loved ones with missing persons in their life. Due to Rose's unwavering dedication to finding Chelsea, the case had picked up some media attention, being featured in a few different TV shows, including Never Seen Again and Missing. Chelsea's little boy would now be in elementary school, and he certainly deserves answers on where his mother is. And it is possible that Chelsea is out there and in danger and in need of help. So what do you think happened to 22-year-old Chelsea Cobo in May of 2016? Chelsea is described as a Caucasian Hispanic female with straight brown hair and brown eyes. She stood 5 foot 5 inches tall and weighed around 150 pounds when she was last seen. Chelsea was 22 years old in 2016 and would today be 29. Chelsea also has a lazy left eye and wears prescription eyeglasses with black frames. Her left nostril is pierced and her ears are pierced in both lobes and the cartilage. Chelsea also has a tattoo of the phrase, I fly with my own wings on her front left hip area. Anyone with any information is asked to call the New York City Police Department at 212-694-7781. I also want to note if you or someone you know may be the victim of trafficking in or around the New York City area, please call the NYPD Human Trafficking Hotline at 646 610 7272. Someone is available there to help you 24 hours a day, every day. Thank you so much for listening to Chelsea's story today. My heart goes out to Rose and I commend her dedication to finding her daughter and helping others in the same terrible situation. Please make sure to follow the Help Find Chelsea Cobo Facebook page. It will really help the page be seen by more people. And it will help show the family that we care and support them. You can find our podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We try and post updates and other missing person flyers regularly. And those links will all be in the show notes. If you have any case suggestions for us or feedback, please send me an email anytime at canwefindthem at gmail.com or message me over on social media anytime. A huge thank you to those supporting us on Patreon and those subscribed to our podcast. This is what helps us keep going and make those donations to the families and the charities that we do. We've made donations to the Charlie Project, Texas EquiSearch, and several family GoFundMe accounts, all with your help and support. Let's keep it going. A link to Patreon and our merch store will be in the show notes if you're interested in helping out. The biggest help we can get, though, is just by listening to these stories and sharing them. This is our goal in putting these shows out there. If you've made it this far and support what we do, please consider giving us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. This helps the podcast reach more people as well. Thank you again so much for listening to Chelsea's story today a young mother that needs 
found. A young woman that has been missing for seven years. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.